Hi, I'm JR. I played Mizzer Snowfang, an ancient oath paladin. Mizzer is a bra, which is a race unique to Varath. Uh, Mizzer was taken to the Feywild as a cub, and as a result, he's much more carefree. Hi, I'm Ashley. I play Nuria Stonefury, an Eldritch Knight. Uh, she has a complex family history that mostly revolves around death, which has hardened her outlook on life. Hi, I'm Jerry. I'm playing Tristan Bestor, aka Stormmane. He's a Tempest cleric, uh, raised up among a group of mercenaries, been kind of hardened to the world, and kind of skewed his opinions of the people around him and their motives. Hi, I'm David. I play Jerome Magnuson, a Circle of the Land Druid who has an interesting relationship with time, giving him a unique perspective on things. And I'm Jared, aka DMF. And this is Darkhounds, a 360 D&D actual play series brought to you by Game Master Studio. Previously on Darkhounds, the party was quarantined by the Dragontail Guild after some strange exposure to the devil Asura after defeating him in the dungeon of Dripping Blood. Okay, so you all come out of your rooms, you come down to the main area, you see Jarrell sleeping in the, the main area of the study, and he awakes when you enter the room. <laughs> And I need everyone to make a wisdom save. Good old Facebook. Twenty. Fifteen. Twenty-four. And remember that you're all within ten feet of him. So an extra plus two. Twenty-six. Four. <laughs> yes. yes. So you're adding plus two because of his charisma. Seven, Seventeen. 17. So we got 20 billion, 22, 17, 4. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so, so you're, you're all. collapses in... foaming at the mouth. Yeah. So the, the three of them all notice that the, the wall's getting kind of like that matrixy kind of ripple going across. Something like. The, the whole room kind of seems like it's off. Uh, you don't notice anything. And she's just off. Yeah, she's just. <laughs> hey, guys! New day. But yeah, something, something, something's off. Something seems amiss. Uh, you kind of have a, a kind of a, a knot in your stomach. Something doesn't seem quite right. Uh, for Tristan, who had already seen through the illusion, this seems unrelated to the illusion because the one you saw through the illusion before was just kind of like you know, like this. Uh, veil was lifted, like this picture just kind of faded away, and you saw that the act that you were actually in a cavern and not in this nice, you know, cute uh, cabin in the woods. This is this weird kind of. It feels like because you're actually like when you having already seen through the illusion, you can kind of kind of flip flop back and while and forth, you know, perception wise. So even when you look through the illusion and you see the cavern, the cavern seems like it's kind of rippling a little bit as well. So I'm going to. Assume this is something somewhat serious, and assume that not having it for breakfast, I'm going to go back to my quarters to retrieve my axe. Okay. So, you go to get your axe, you enter your room, the door shuts behind you, and with the sound of the door shutting, uh, you are in not your room. You are actually on this distant battlefield. You are... Back in one of your memories, for all intents and purposes. You were, you've been here before, this seems familiar to you. 
you were on this this battlefield back when you were but just a, a young mercenary, just still learning the ro uh, ropes. You're you know back when you were the junior cleric in the group, surrounded by you know your your fellow compatriots. Some of them missing, some of them AWOL, many of them bloodied, corpses everywhere. Uh, the three of you also snap to some sort of distant memory. You also uh, well you pop up in this tent. All of a sudden, you're no longer in the main room, and you are in a tent with the half-orc that kind of adopted you. So you're back in the tent. Uh, Maridna is sleeping. She's in a cot. You're you're all of a sudden like in like your your child form, like you know your your little Nerea. You got like this regular size long sword that's like this giant sword kind of in your hand. Look, you know, you kind of jump back to this memory where like you were trying to sneak in some extra training practice while she was sleeping. Uh, if you poke outside the tent, you see that you are also on like the edge of this battlefield. There's no, it's no longer you know in progress. It looks like the war is on. You, as you recall, the, you know this is like the night after the battle was won. You know you got to see uh, Maridna, you know, in all her great honor. You know her people praising her for helping. You know to to end this particular battle. And you, you know, that was one of those moments where you just like, I want to be that when I grow up. I need to train. You know, but she doesn't like me playing with swords. You know, by myself. I'm gonna wait till she goes to sleep. Um, Mizzer pops into, you uh, are suddenly surrounded by purple and pinkish foliage and you are instantly recognized that you are back in the Feywild. Uh, you're a younger cub, you're training with the, your centaur trainer. Did you write down his name when I gave that I to you? I didn't, I will. Okay. No. So, I did. Actually, I probably didn't, but... Okay. I didn't know if you had a note, I spent like all morning trying to find that name. Al Nude. Al Nude. He's not all nude, he's Al Nude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my centaur friend is Al Nude. I wanted to make sure I was going to use the same name again. So yes, you're back training with Al Nude. He's whooping your butt, you know, giving you some life lessons, you know, you know, never lower your eyes to the enemy, you know, that kind of thing, you know, words of wisdom, you know, important stuff. You have a, uh, a large, like, hammer in your hands. That occasionally you kind of look at and you have like this, you know, being who you are now, but also being back in this, like, you know, this memory, like this childish body, kind of like have this weird, like, well, I don't really know, but, I mean, I got these claws, but hammer seems right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being reluctant when I was a child, but now it, it seems, it seems good. So you're kind of some, uh, fighting back and forth, you know, you're, you're sparring, you know, he's slapping you around a little bit, but obviously never with any, like, malicious intent. Yeah, even realizing that uh, this might be an illusion, I jump right into it and have fun with it. It's been a long time since I've seen my centaur friend. So you're embracing the moment, uh, and then we have Jarrell, who also surrounded by, like, this pink and purplish kind of foliage, you're back in, you know, instantly rec also recognize you're back in the Feywild. Uh, where all the vegetation on Varath is, you know, your typical green and the Fae Wild in my world. Uh, it's mostly these vibrant purples and pinks, kind of very dream-esque. Uh, so it's quickly and easily recognizable when you're when you're there. <laughs> that tree's not green, it's purple, so that's weird. <laughs> uh, and you are, you instantly recognize the memory of when you were back there dealing with the Blight. So you're there with a bunch of fellow druids trying to stop the, the blight that's been spreading. 
And so Mizzer is embracing and kind of playing along and enjoying the moment. Uh, what would any of you like to do in your respective situations? I'm actually going to to recognize where I am uh, because you know this is the type that some of the battles to be remembered some are more memorable than others. And actually, I'm going to start trying to let people know what's going to happen because having kind of lived through it before, I know what's coming up. So, you know, kind of like, you know, Titan Blitz, we need to cover the left flag. They're going to be moving up on there. You know, just kind of like trying to redirect things so that maybe it doesn't go the same way that it did historically. Okay. So as you're trying to basically change history, what you're noticing is the your your fellow compatriots, they're acknowledging what you're saying, they're replying to you, they're retorting exactly the way that you had, would imagine that they would have retorted. But when it comes to the actual action part, like they go to change, but they seem like slow and stuttery and kind of hesitant towards this different action, and which kind of results in the equivalent of things not changing. So like, you know, say in the, you know, they needed to cover the left flank, whereas before they covered the right, they kind of hesitate and sort of try to move towards the left, but then by the time they start to actually make any progress there, it's too late. You know, the flank's already kind of overrun, so then they kind of have this moment where it's almost like they shrug and they run back over to the right, which is what they had done originally, and they, you know, they covered the right flank, those sort of situations. So you get the feeling that like it's trying, the, the memory or the, the situation's trying to kind of play along, but you can't alter what really happened. Any? Um, I mean, I probably would kind of play along with memory and head outside of the tent and look for a place to kind of spar with tree or whatever. Okay. Drill. Uh, I will continue walking with, with Gaynor and speaking to him like I was before, seeing, comparing his words of what they were then to how I interpret them now. Okay. So as you're all playing out through this dream, this, this memory, this, this odd uh, kind of uh, immersion that you're in, you all start to hear this whisper, except me. Embrace me. Let me in. At first, it sounds, you know, it's, it's kind of kind of faint. It's almost as if it's coming from all directions, like you're surrounded by you. But the more you listen, the more it kind of talks a little bit, you kind of really, it sounds more like it's almost like in your head. Like where you might have interpreted it as coming from all around you, it's, it's, it actually sounds like the voice is in your head. So you can't really pinpoint, you know, a direction because there's no direction to pinpoint, so to speak. And it kind of keeps going on, you know, accept me. Allow me in. We are one. I asked Al Nude if he hears that voice. I saw Bart fighting. <laughs> Don't make excuses, boy. Keep sparring. I hear nothing except the sound of your whimpering. So it's definitely not coming from him, obviously. So I'll try to ignore it for as long as I can. Okay. Well, if there's nothing I can change, then there's n no sense in, like, trying to interact with what's going on, so I might as well start looking around, seeing if I can locate a source for it. Okay. 
Um, roll a perception check for me. Uh, 25. You start to wander off towards the direction that you feel like it's coming from. Again, you kind of discern that the voice seems like it's in your head, but you have this kind of pull. You feel like even though you're hearing the voice in your head, it has a source. So you start kind of wandering off into the battlefield, into the fray of, you know, where there's, where most of the fighting has already ended, but there's just, you know, piles of, of, of corpses. You kind of start heading in that direction. Don't think. Feel. Okay. Yeah. You can also roll a perception check for me. <laughs> you kinda think it's coming from, uh, you know, this direction. You kind of wander that way a little bit. Don't really see anything at first. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Everybody's staring at us. Like, what did you do out there? You took care of the bare necessities, right? <laughs> I can breathe again. So apparently there are woods over there. <laughs> so yes, you start to wander off uh, in the direction that you think it's coming from. You haven't really been able to pinpoint it, but you kind of have a general idea of where you you're getting kind of pulled towards. Jarrell, would you like to react in any way, shape, or form? Certainly. This is certainly not part of the memory, so I will stop and engage my surroundings. Okay. Perception check for me. <laughs> Eleven. You also think you have kind of a general idea of where it might be coming from. And you start to head off in that direction. What one moment? So this voice starts to get a little bit louder. Even the the two of you kind of only have a general idea of where it is. You know, you you the voice is getting stronger, and you kind of get this this knot in your chest or in your your gut. You know, a little bit more, a little bit more as you kind of head in the right direction. Uh, Tristan's able to pretty much just like walk straight to it. I'm like I'm pretty sure it came from right here. This so, is what's wrong. This is what's different. <laughs> You are actually, you uh, approach a corpse. At, at first, again, even though this, it appeared to be the, the noise seemed to be coming from inside, you know, in your head, the closer you get, the more you, it feels like it's actually coming from a location. So you, you start to approach this corpse and you feel like the corpse, you know, it has its back to you. It's on its, you know, it's kind of on its side with its back to you. But you feel like the the voice is coming out of this this one particular corpse, surrounded by amongst a, a whole plethora of other corpses. Um. Well, I have my axe out and ready anyway, but I'll kind of like f flip it over, like with my boot. Okay. Just kind of like you know nudge it over so that I can actually kind of see. You know, is it just a corpse or anything? So first, it kind of rolls over and you know kind of. It's, you know, limp head and arm, you know, limbs just kind of flail over on its side. Its eyes are shut. 
but all of a sudden the eyes pop open. And they're dead. They just have like a pinpoint of a, a pupil, all white and murky over, you know, the rest of the eyeballs. Looking straight at you, like, and you see the, you know, the mouth moving, and it said, accept me. Let me in. We could be one, Tristan. We are one. Is it an allied or an enemy corpse? <laughs> enemy. <laughs> um, I'll actually put the axe and straight to the face of it. Right, to, right into the face of it, like yeah. blade in. Okay. Yeah. So you put your oh, you know, your axe blade in right into the face, kind of like right next to an eyeball. It doesn't it doesn't even flinch. Doesn't you know? Doesn't blink or anything. Just sitting there with an axe in his face. Except me. You see it's like, as the jaw and mouth are moving a little bit, it's kind of like ripping open the wound even more. Except me. So, I'm gonna kind of like, like haul it up with the axe blade kind of still lodged in its skull, so being hauled up by the skull, grab the breastplate, wrench the axe out of its face, and... I don't make deals with elves and throw it backwards over the embankment. <laughs> I know who we were fighting in this battle. They were the bad guys. <laughs> so you go to throw the corpse. The the corpse goes flying off, you know, you know backwards into the, the pile of other corpses. But interestingly enough, like when you go to toss it, you see that, you know, the physical form of this corpse kind of, uh, you know, when, as it flies backward, there seems like there's this, like, energy or, or, like, spiritual form, like, not of the elf or the corpse itself, but, like, this humanoid kind of form kind of stops in, you know, in the midair as if it was ripped from the corpse and just, is just standing there as this kind of, like, aberration just accepts. It appears to be featureless. It doesn't, you know, it's just kind of a humanoid form with just a rounded face, no real eyes or mouth. When it talks, it kind of has like this slight jaggedy vibration across its whole form, as if it's vibrating to speak. Get ye hence, vile creature. Return undead. <laughs> okay. That affects <clears throat> specifically just undead, correct? Yes. There's no like weird. Caveat in fifth edition. I'm not aware of <laughs> if it is, I'm not aware of it either. But. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I know like they like protection from good and evil, and you know, yeah. like, you know, divine sense and all this stuff. It's like, oh, well, fey, undead, you know, fiends, blah, blah, blah you know, outsiders. elementals. Yeah, elementals. Not as generic as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you turn undead, but nothing happens, sir. Then I will start heading back to. Where the lightning hounds were. Okay. Dug in. You walk away and it's just standing there. Like if you turn your head to look back, it never takes a step forward, doesn't move in any way, shape, or form, until eventually it's just you see this little like speck of light off in the distance. And as you approach like the tent, like the encampment, like you know where you were, you know you're looking back and you see it, and then you look, you turn around to look, you know, to where exactly you're heading, and it's right there in front of you again. Except me. I had to go make a character that didn't have sacred flame. 
Well, while you fuck with that, I'll move over to somebody else. I'll give you a second to think. Uh, so you are playing around with uh, Al Nude. As I hear the voice getting louder, though, I uh, asked him, of course, to come at me, but I'll start backing off and stop playing so I can listen more. Okay. Realizing, you know, that this is not quite right. Do something there. Anyways. So yeah, so, you know, you're training with Al Nude, and then all of a sudden you start to back off, and, you know, he's like, get back here, boy, you know, we're still training. And it looks, it seems like he goes to, like, take some swings at you, but there's a couple moments where the, his weapon kind of, like, kind of shimmers and almost, like, phases through you, like it's, like it is an illusion kind of deal. So as you kind of wander up, make a perception check for me. Fifteen. Uh, yep, just fifteen. It's like you have no pluses to anything. I am fair. Uh, so yeah, you are able to kind of discern, you know, uh, the direction. You have a pretty good idea of where it's going to be. Uh, you are kind of wandering through the Fae, or the Fae Wild, I should say. And you see this satyr hiding behind this tree and kind of poking its head out. Exactly. And you are. Kind of sit down, wait for it to come out, and then come out here. He kind of trots out from behind, like this kind of like a, a bush next to a tree kind of deal, you know. Comes trotting out. Is her? Except me. And you are? I am. I am. I am you. We are one. We should be one. Looking around. So, you should know why I'm here, perhaps? I know that you were taken as a child. Yeah. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Who doesn't know that? <laughs> um, so we are one. I did not know that I had satyr blood in me. It's good to have a little brother. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you would find this form accepting. I need you to accept me. Oh. I never accept you unless I can see your true form. I don't know if you could handle my true form. Perhaps another. He turns into, it kind of looks like an older version of yourself. You assume from your vague memories, maybe your father or a relative. So kind of this older, you know, uh, white uh, bra, streaks of gray through the hair, little, little raggedy, but much larger than yourself. Perhaps this form is more accepting. I kind of walk over to it and put my hand through it to see, I'm thinking at this point it's something else. Uh, your hand actually kind of makes contact, but it, it seems off. Like the sensations aren't quite right. Like you can't put your hand through it. It's not an illusion, but it's, but yeah, it's something else. Yes, it's, not, it's still not quite right. Like it should be fluffy hair, but not quite. It's kind of brillowy. <laughs> something about the sensation doesn't quite feel right. So I'll back off again and say, nope, I do not like that form either. So that form kind of melts away, and you just see this humanoid energy aberration kind of deal, same thing that, that Tristan had seen. This, I mean, again, humanoid shape, mostly formless, no facial features, just like this rounded head, almost like a mannequin kind of deal, but pure energy just kind of standing before you. Just accept. 
You are not Maliki. You are not me. I will never accept you. I'm sorry. And I'll turn and kind of start trotting away from it. Stubborn bear. Accept me. We are one. I'll start heading... I don't know if I would recognize anything where I am, but I'll start kind of heading away and figuring out how to get away from it for the the most part. Trying to find a way back to them while just ignoring it at this point. Mm -hmm. And then we jump over to Neria. You are wandering through this uh, battlefield. There's still corpses. The battlefield hasn't been cleaned up. You know, it just ended that day. You're kind of wandering towards this, you know, large group of, you know, of fallen uh, enemy and friend. You think you know which corpse, you know, or you, you seem to be walking towards the corpse, you know, you're as you're trying to zero in on it, you know, where this, this voice is coming from. And you come to two or three different corpses that are all kind of like strewn over each other. Not able to decipher exactly which one. Again, some of them are kind of overlapping each other, and all of a sudden, the the bottom corpse, one underneath the um, three other corpses, springs up, and the other three corpses go flying off of it. And you see this equivalent, like almost looks like like the zombie face, eyes glazed over, looks except me. So yeah. Uh, since you are a child wielding a large sword, roll a strength check or athletics check for me. Yes, got this. Yeah, twenty-three. So you expertly <laughs> wield this for your size, and, you know, and, and, and you know the ratio of sword to, to girl. You know this giant sword, and chop its head off. The head kind of rolls off away from the the body. The body, you know, kind of. It had sprung up a little bit, like it didn't show like a lot of movement, but it had sprung up a little bit and knocked all these other corpses off. When you uh, sever its head, what is you know, what had moved and what had risen up of the body kind of goes limp. The head rolls a couple feet away towards your feet. Stops looking up at you. Or I should say, the head stops. It's rolling, you know, while looking up at you. Except me? <laughs> <laughs> I pick up the head and I start walking back. <laughs> so how are you doing? Uh, just kind of like dragging it, you know, by my side. And, uh, I don't know what you are, so I'm going to take you back to Marina. Maybe she'll figure it out. That's a hit. <laughs> Good way to get ahead in life. So you go back to the tent where Marina is. Uh, she's in the cot sleeping. When you go to wake her up, when she rolls over, you still have the, the, the head in your hand, but when she rolls over, her eyes seem glazed over. Except me? Perhaps this form is better. Except me. Hi. We could be one, we could be strong. You kind of, you feel, you have this strange sensation of you're in your child form, but you know what you know. You know, you still are yourself, so 
even though you're in this smaller, frailer sort of form, you are able to pull the knowledge that you need to to your mind, and you go to strike, and you you know throw out a shock, uh, a shock and grasp, and striker, and the you see the body wrenching all over the place, and as the body is kind of convulsing and wrenching from this, you know, being electrocuted. You notice again, kind of like the form you know described to the other two, like this uh, this uh, aberration or this energy, uh, the, you know, the humanoid form not moving. So it's like the the physical forms moving in and out, you know, as it's kind of convulsing. This other form's not. So it's like they're you know two things taking up the same spot. So you can they're like they're going in and out of phase with each other kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So then eventually the the physical form of Marinda just goes limp on the uh, the cod. And this energy form kind of sits up, you know, still sitting in the cop, but kind of sits up and then stands up very, with like very perfect posture, stands up straight in front of you. Just accept me, child. Just accept me. What are you? I am you. I am me. I am us. Accept me. Together we can be great. What's in it for me? Power, glory. What do you want? I don't want any of those things. What do you want? What could you want that power could not bring you? <laughs> My uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Promise me money. Promise me power. Anything I want. I want my uncle back, you son of a It's this, again, a featureless form. Form, you know, no facial features in what any shape or form. But when you say that, it has this slight, almost don't even notice it, slight head cock, like it, like you know, when you look kind of down to the left a little bit, like, huh? Power can fix anything. I'm sure we can get your uncle back if we become powerful enough together. I'm sure even we could raise the dead. I don't want to raise the dead. I'm a dead uncle. That's walking around. I no. didn't say a zombie. Uh, <laughs> Anyone can do that. Only sure he has the dead button. <laughs> no. <laughs> Surely there must be something else you want, child. No. Stubborn child, stubborn bear, stubborn man. <sighs> we will cut over to Jarrell. Wandering through the, the Feywild. You come upon a tree. You see a piece of the tree, it look as if it's pulling itself apart, as if the bark starts to rip from the trunk. And you, having dealt with them, but you know, their, their ilk before, and being a very powerful and knowledge, uh, knowledgeable druid, you uh, instantly recognize the form of a dryad ripping itself from the tree. It looks over at you. Hello, Jarell. Accept me. Um, I I don't believe we've been acquainted yet. I know all about you. I brought you here. Accept me. I'm a part of you. We could be one. We could be great. I've been been here for quite a while, um, and you you don't look like... You don't look like her. the, The one who actually brought me here. So, who are you? I am you. I am me. I am us. Uh, I don't have time for this, and I'll turn around and head back towards the druids. <laughs> Where are you 
No. So you turn around to go back towards the druids. The druids still kind of half attached to the tree. As you approach the druids, all of a sudden the, the small group of druids all turn to you together in unison, eyes glazed over, except us. <laughs> oh, the, the irony in what you've just said there. Um, <clears throat> perhaps you should fast forward a little further in this memory. Um, perhaps when I had to, well, they sacrificed themselves for this, to solve this blight. Hmm. You see, you might be in my memories, but you haven't looked through them carefully enough. So, what makes you think that I would accept anything from the outside? We can help each other. I can help you, you can help me, we can be one. Who would... You can be, you become even more powerful, Trail. You're not the man you once were, not yet anyways. I can help you get there. I can help you break that barrier. You can become even stronger than you ever were. <laughs> You'll have to try a, a little harder than that. In fact, let me give you a hand. And, um, yeah, I will, uh, focus my thoughts and I will take whatever it is to a memory of my own. Okay. I'm gonna cut back over to some others and then we'll come back to that. We'll jump back over to Tristan again. So I will kind of walk around it and keep heading back. Okay. To, to where they're, they're dug in. So you approach the rest of the lightning hounds, you know, those who have not yet fallen or will not fall this day. And as you approach them and get closer, sort of similar to what happened with Jarrell and the Druids, they all turn towards you, eyes glazed over. Accept us, Tristan. You may be little now, but you can be strong now. You may be, you may have been little then, but you you can be strong now. I have found strength in overcoming adversity, in growing, in developing, and becoming stronger. And you are sitting here begging me. You have nothing to offer me. I have much to offer, but you have to let me in. I cannot take you by force, you have to accept me. We need to be one. Mutually beneficial, symbiotic. So, since you've delved here into my memories, nothing is going to, to change, it seems. Things are going to play out as they did. I cannot, well, perhaps someday we could change the past, but right now, this is just a memory and things are going to play out as they did on this day? Things will play out. Stand right here. <laughs> because I already know how this day turns out for myself and for others. And for some elf out there, a hero at 400 yards. I got shot in this battle. And I made sure that I'm getting back to where I was when I got shot. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, we have the, the dramatic slow-motion arrow. 
heading right towards your right towards your shoulder. And then all of a sudden right here, he, a few inches to the left and you would have been dead. <laughs> all of a sudden it, time goes from you know this slow motion to frozen. And the the entity, the apparition, is standing between you and the arrow. It's the arrow is frozen in time behind it, basically the equivalent between its shoulder blades, just inches from it. It's just a memory. Nothing will change. I just needed to speak to you. You said you didn't have the power to change anything. You said you needed me for the power. You've lied to me. I can't trust anything you say. Think of this as a play, and I can ask the actors to, to stop at any time. As soon as I tell them to play again, you know, to, to go forward again, to continue, it will pick up right where it left off. You would make a game of my life? This is just a memory. You can stop a memory. You can continue the memory. The memory won't change. You can just choose where you can stop thinking of it. I think of all of it, the good and the bad, because it's what made me who I am today. And you have said nothing to tempt me and have nothing to offer me. Ah, this would be so much easier if there weren't so much fine print. If you could just accept that I could bring you great things and improve your life. Perhaps someday, even so much power that we could come back and actually change this moment, or anything that you would like. Maybe even bring lost ones back from the dead. Then we, we could get there together. If you could just accept me and the power that I could offer you. But I have to ask and I can't take it, no matter how much I want to just take it. You're asking me, changing the past would change the man I am today. Taking over the power without earning it means nothing. You have nothing to offer me, and if it's the fine print that matters, then put this in big bold letters at the top, I reject you. You frustrate, all of a sudden the entity kind of grows, It's kind of, it was kind of a translucent-ish kind of blue. It turns to this vibrant red and grows to the size of like a fire giant, you know, the, as it, uh, again, it's kind of shimmering and, and as it, it, it speaks and it's just all over the place and it's vibrations, it's like, you tiny little thing, why can't you understand what you're being offered? I am going to cast Bless, uh, and so my axe starts crackling and lightning, running down the haft, up, up my arm, facing against it. You can break my body, you can break my mind, but you will never break my will. It's just, you know, again, the, the outline is just vibrating and shimmering as, you know, with the, the vibrations of, of its yell. I'll attack and it. it just, Oh, as you go to swing, right as you're about to make contact, it just kind of like bursts into like the almost uh, like sparks, just these tiny little flickering of like little light specks and just bursts off and disappears. And I get hit by the arrow, go down and everything goes black. Yes, that's, that's pretty much exactly what happens. Yes, time picks right back up, the arrow hits you and you're black. So back over to Mizzer. We have, so, so you start to wander back, yes. You have this... Saber uh, following me, or...? Uh, no, it's the... As you start to approach where you had, because you were, you, you knew where you were, 
you were just outside of like this little village where you were staying, you know, where you were training with uh, Al Nud. And as you start to head back towards the village or the little uh, encampment, as it were, the the whole all the all the the uh, occupants are standing along as if they're making like this living wall, all hand hands held. There's about you know maybe 20 people standing there, like, blocking between you and the actual, you know, the tents and the structures and stuff. All eyes glazed over. Just accept us, Mizzer. I look very, uh, sad at the group in front of me. Um, kind of sit back, sigh, say, what you've done to my family is, is a travesty. This is not acceptable. Their memory is not this lifeless, soulless, sad attempt to get me to join you, them, this. This is all fake. <sighs> You're all so I just need you to accept me, please. Just understand that I have your best interests in mind. I want you to become the the man, the bra, the, the, the creature you were meant to be. I want you to have all the power that you could ever want, be able to change things however you see fit. If only you could just accept me, and accept that I want the best for us. Using divine sense, does it tell me what it is doing any kind of... If you use divine sense, yes. Uh, you... See what I'm dealing with here. You aren't able to see anything different. Uh, but when you do the divine sense again, you get this, you know, it's this cascading aura coming off of everyone, you know, with the, the glazed over eyes. Satyr's no longer behind you, you no longer see that, that, uh, energy form nearby. It's in, you know, possessing all these people. And you get this fiendish presence rippling off of all of them. So, demons. Yeah, I was afraid of this. Demon you are, huh? Paladins. Every time. So is this, an, is this simply an illusion, or do you have my body perhaps trapped somewhere? You are not physically here. I am in your mind. Oh, well, this is easy, then. And I'll stand up on my legs and just kind of bring both claws directly up into my throat and smite myself. So, like, a fraction of a second right before you make, you know, actual contact with yourself, you hear the, like, why do they even make me try? <laughs> Paladins. Every time. <laughs> I first expected the Seder guy to be crouching. Hey kid, wanna buy some drugs? <laughs> Want some candy? <laughs> I got some candy in the van. Now I'm gonna want to title this episode, Want Some Candy? <laughs> hey kid, want some candy? Miria, this form is before you trying desperately to plead with you and and make you understand that together you could be great and powerful. You clearly don't want anything to do with it. It actually pulls you to a different memory. Uh, you're gonna have to refresh my memory. How did your parents die? Um, Paint the scene of how your parents died. My parents, I don't know how they died. Oh, you don't have My that. uncle, okay. on the other hand. Okay. Um, 
leader of some sort. Um, that was obviously no good. Um, they were pillaging our village and my uncle stood up against them and um, they ended up you know, basically cutting him down and the whole village was dead. Okay. So we jump to the scene, middle of town. We'll kind of take like a little bit of Old West kind of uh, uh, scenery, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of deserty, yeah. 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 the opening of the 1979 Conan the Barbarian. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, we cut. So we cut to the middle of this, you know, this small town, and you see your uncle. You know, you know, you can't intimidate us. You know, like we'll, you know, we'll rise against you, and you know this, this. Uh, Tyrant, for all intents and purposes, is standing over him, kind of blacked out. It's one of those, like, again, since we're in your memory, and sometimes we exaggerate things the way that we remember them. So, like, as you remember them, uh, this this moment, this the the the, the local uh, like uh, war band leader tyrant guy that's you know kind of you know been uh, harassing this village. You see him as this like twelve foot tall, kind of demonic, dark figure, just like. You, you know, like, you give us what we want, you know, you, you know, you, you, you know, starts laughing at your uncle, like, ha, 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 and, you know, you kind of see your uncle as even a little bit larger than life, like, you know, this is a moment that you're really proud of him. <laughs> and then you see the, you know, this, again, the, the form, the, you know, the, visually this, you know, the, the memory being kind of twisted, this d- demonic-esque kind of figure start to go to strike down your uncle, and then time freezes. And you're standing just like five or six feet from this moment, you know, from the, you know, the, your, your uncle who was about to be felled. And the energy, the aberration form is kind of walking around you. Mm-hmm. Don't you want the power to be able to stop moments like this? To be able to have, don't you wish you had the power to have been able to do something about this? Together we could prevent this from happening to others and maybe even someday be powerful enough to come back and prevent this very moment from happening. I already have that power. Nobody stop others from doing this. And I'll grab his sword and I'll, I'll swing and I'll lash out towards the entity. Towards the entity? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you slash at the, the, the dark figure. Or the, are you slashing at the entity that's talking to you or the, the one that's about to destroy your, um, or cut down your uncle? Just to make sure that I'm clear. I think the one that's talking to me. Okay. Yeah. So you slash at that entity, and it's it splits into two versions of itself. Like as you slash, you know, you kind of come across at this, uh, you know, kind of downward 45 degree angle. And at first, it's you know upper body, lower body, but then both kind of quickly like reform themselves. So now it's two copies of the mm-hmm. same thing. It's just. Why, why fight it? Look, you can't, we're, we're in your mind. I'm not really here. You can try all you want, but you can't, you can't destroy me. Just accept me, accept that I'm a part of you. No, <laughs> never. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep going. I um, start just like firing off magic any way I can, just at everything that's around. Um, what I'd end up doing is jumping up in front of my uncle and trying to shield him. Okay. So you kind of like have this little like magical temper yeah temper tantrum <laughs> exactly how I was gonna yeah. describe like this little this little tantrum just like no 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 no. 
Blood Sorcerer's Apprentice on the things. Yeah, so, like, you know, random magic missiles are flying off and shocking grasps and, you know, like, frost, you know, rays and all kinds of, like, random cantrips and some occasional, like, you know, actual, you know, powerful spells. All of which, you know, any that would be striking the entity that's been trying to persuade you, they would just go right through it. It doesn't seem to affect it in any way, shape, or form. But when you jump between the the blow from the uh, the dark demonic kind of figure that strikes down your uncle to try to you know trying to body shield him, the the sword actually strikes you and it shatters across your form. And as it shatters, there's kind of like this like concussive force, and you hear the 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 apparition that's been talking to you like, huh? Kind of like it has like this. I don't know what just happened and the your memory kind of the you know this the demonic kind of uh, tyrant I'll just call it cart start calling it the tyrant to, to, to define between the two fine, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the tyrant it's demonic kind of form and start figure kind of like is stripped away almost like this concussive force like blows the illusion off of it and you're able to actually see the face of the person that murdered your uncle for the first time, like, you know, like, it's been kind of like a dark, foggy kind of, you know, moment for you up until this point, like, because, again, it was a traumatic experience as a child, you kind of blocked it out a little bit. And you hear the, the aberration, huh, see, I'm helping already. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, totally do that. <laughs> now you, now you can see the face of the man that slew your uncle. Now perhaps someday you can get revenge. If, if, if you accept me, think of how much more we can do. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, you hear the sound of your uncle still fall, as if the sword never hit you. So the memory still plays out as it did. You just kind of blow again. You blow away like this kind of like uh, this fog or, or or haze that's been kind of blocking this person's face. Like you unlocked, you know, the full memory, so to speak. So your uncle still falls behind you, and the entity, as you hear your uncle's body hit the ground, you also, you know, in sync, you hear the, uh, the aberration. <sighs> Just sigh. As if he already knows your answer, like, as if he expects the, the sound of your uncle's body hitting the ground to have sealed your answer already. He already anticipates your no. And he just, so he just sighs in sync with, you know, the, the strike of the body on the ground and just looks at you and goes, you're never going to say yes, are you? Never. So infuriating. Let me introduce you to my friend Askel. Well, <laughs> there's still a few of you left I can convince, I suppose. You hear the sound of a snapping finger. You never see its arm or, or anything actually move, but you hear the sound of his finger snap, and you go black. Drill, paint us the picture of the, the memory that you bring the entity to. So I uh, bring him to the memory of where I was time-stopped, and I watched everything move in ridiculously slow motion. Um, is the, the time where he watched his whole previous party die. Uh, particularly the point where uh, Ezekiel and um, uh, Gibby just had been annihilated by you know, you know, incredibly powerful fireball and a like basically a, a blast of energy. He can only uh, he, he 
I figured out eventually was like a death ray heading after Lara as she's coming towards me to try to uh, release me from this lock. Um, so yeah, that's what I take him to. It's a kind of an old rundown catacombs. There's a lich up in the back, this look of just like, you know, glee on his face. Um, and kind of off on the side is Tobior. He's like trying to dig himself out of this rubble, getting back in the fight. So that's that's the memory I take him to, and I step out from where I was locked in and start walking around, uh, kind of pass my finger through the through the beam. Well, you can you can show yourself now. You can see the the energy aberration appear, the, the featureless humanoid. Why have you brought me here? Because it, it would be clear to me that you have not wandered my memories long enough. In fact, I, and I'll walk it to him, I'll kind of you know, look him up and down and be like, I would say you're probably some chaotic beast, something evil. In in fact, if I, if I were to accurately gauge, I would say you're something that we brought back with us from the other side. Something devilish, fiendish, so to speak. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you're familiar with my memories, of course. I've already dealt with your kind, and as I say that, I will pretty much, uh, the, the entire memory around will quickly switch to another one where it's literally the the plane of uh, you know, the Nine Hells. The Nine Hells, and it just like a very specific spot and then kick back to this memory. <laughs> so, when you're playing around in my memories, understand that I have lived my memories many times over. This one, in particular, and I will extol to him what this memory in case uh, in, de in detail and what it means to me and what it happens. <clears throat> so you have to understand that in this memory, I was locked for thousands and thousands of years. I had many, many long sessions of reliving what I had gone through, and up to that point, what I would have done differently and what I didn't. It is this moment here. This moment right here, when I looked into her eyes, and I'll walk around and I'll go right where she is, and I'll be like, when I had to come to terms with what was going to happen over and over again, and this is where I defined who I am, what decisions I had made, and what I would be. There's nothing you could offer me, and nothing that you could ever promise that will bring this memory into a different outcome. In fact, if you would like, we can sit here together for another few thousand years and live this memory, you and me, because I have plenty of time. I had plenty of time before, and I have plenty of time again. And I'll sit down right with that spot. Mm. We did not expect this sort of perspective from a human. You may even be older than I. <laughs> okay, well, let's not go that far. <laughs> but, hmm. You kind of hear the sound of like several voices as if like there's like a, like a panel discussion <laughs> going on, like, and they're all just kind of whispers that you can barely, you just make out like occasional words like, but how do we, the leverage is gone, but how, he, he's already tasted so much power, but he's so, old. we can't outweigh him. Uh, <laughs> how's he not gone mad already? Uh, 
Who he literally has it. <laughs> Little does he know. <laughs> we, we, we only need one. Well, the others have already... Uh, we just... We need at least one. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, that makes it easier. Well, we only needed one of you. Most of your friends have already declined. We were hoping that you would be the one to accept. You've already had such great power. You'll have it again soon enough, I'm sure. And if you had accepted, we could have been one of the most powerful beings on this world. I really thought Jarrell might accept him this time. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose he'll have to do, and you go black. And never go back. <laughs> <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> no.